Hey friends, did you know that you can come hang out with me in real life? That's right. The Work In Podcast and Savage Grace Coaching makes its home in a boutique studio space called The Loft Yoga and Wellness in historic downtown Spring Valley, Ohio. This hidden gem of the Miami Valley is nestled in between Dayton, Columbus, and Cincinnati. As a part of my mission to bring a legacy of resilience through movement, each month you can join me for a hike on the bike trail, followed by a free trauma-informed vinyasa class back at the studio on Main Street. Go to savagegracecoaching.com to see the calendar and join my newsletter, A Yoga Life on Main Street, to stay up to date on all the latest studio news, events, and gossip. And now... On to this week's episode. It's time to stop working out and start working in. You found the Work In Podcast for fitpreneurs and their health conscious clients. This podcast is for resilient wellness professionals who want to expand their professional credibility, shake off stress, and thrive in a burnout proof career with conversations on the fitness industry, movement, nutrition, sleep, mindset, nervous system health, yoga, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Erica Thomas. I'm a resilience coach and fitpreneur offering an authentic, actionable, realistic approach to personal and professional balance for coaches in any format. The Work In is brought to you by Savage Grace Coaching, bringing resilience through movement, action, and accountability. Private sessions, small groups, and corporate presentations are available now. Visit savagegracecoaching.com to schedule a call and get all the details. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to The Work In. Social media is supposedly the tool to use for social connection and organic growth, and yet it is simultaneously one of the most inauthentic and unsafe spaces in our culture today. What skills do you need to use social media as a tool while still showing up as the unique, unfettered individual that you are? And how do you do that without getting canceled? I'd like to thank my coaches, Jenny Barcelos and Sandy Connery of Hey Marvelous and the Luminaries and the And She Spoke podcast for the inspiration for this particular topic, because they really got me thinking about what was it that I had learned over the last few years from social media. What value have I gotten from it? I've had a love-hate relationship from social with social media from day one, but when you're looking to scale an online business, it seems like a necessary evil. I've learned some things over the last four years or so that have given me a little bit less anxiety about about it, and a whole lot more backbone when it comes to using social media as a tool. And I'd like to share some of those things with you today, including three specific social media marketing skills that no one needs, no matter what business you're in. 
But before we get to those, I want to address why women seem to have such a hard time promoting themselves anywhere, not just on social media. Patriarchy? No, (laughs) I'm kidding. That's often the word we hear when we talk about mindset blocks and money mindset blocks and anything that uh, triggers self-sabotage for female entrepreneurs. Although I will say there is subconscious good girl programming that comes into play. I'm not certain that it all comes from the patriarchy. The real reason is because women tend to equate their businesses with themselves as people. Men sometimes do this too. But for women, they tend to see themselves as their business, as their job, without any separation. So if you've been raised to not talk about yourself because that's bragging or conceited in some way, as many women have been, or to not go after what you want because that's too aggressive or comes across as bitchy, of course you're going to have a hard time marketing. You're going to have a hard time talking yourself up. And if that sounds like you, then part of your work is to start to detach yourself from your business. It's not you. You are not it. You run it. You created it out of nothing, but you are not it. And in the fitness industry and wellness in general, where a lot of us are coaches, that can be tricky because we are the teacher or the coach. It's what we do and we are the brand. We are the face of our business. And that means that because our business is so rooted in relationship building, Things can become really personal. This is what I mean when I talk about the body brand nation. And that's a different topic, not for today. But really, when you're marketing, when you're promoting your business, you're promoting your business, not yourself. Even if you are wearing all the hats in your business, and that's a subtle but important mindset shift that can lead to a lot more courage when you're putting yourself out there. Okay, so now that that little tidbit is out of the way, let's talk about social media marketing, the organic kind, not paid ads. That might be a topic for another podcast. For today, we're just talking about social media presence. The dream, the holy grail of solopreneurs everywhere is this organic growth without shelling out cash hand over fist and handing it to Meta or Google, where you become this viral sensation, a thought leader, an influencer overnight, and people are just begging to give you money hand over fist. But most of the time, that's not how things go. We've all done a Google search, right? Where the entire first page is sponsored ads. And it's frustrating. And then there's social media feeds where every other post is an ad. And all you want to do 
is find your people. All you want to do is serve your people well. And I guarantee all of your people are just as frustrated as you because they're looking for you too. And that's the whole point of social media, isn't it? To help connect people. After all, you didn't become a coach to try to game algorithms. So how should we be using social media? Maybe the better question is, how should we not be using social media? Here's what I wanted to share with you today. These are the top three skills that I learned the hard way about social media that are absolutely unnecessary and could very well change the social media landscape for the better if we stick together and stop doing all of them. Okay, so here's the first skill that I learned. How to self-censor. This comes from both the social media communities themselves, in other words, the people who live and connect there, as well as the social media overlords with their arbitrary community standard algorithms and complete lack of humanity. The pandemic showed us this. If you mentioned the C word in any post, there would be a redirect to the CDC or some other health organization to correct your thinking. Talk about Orwellian. Any posts that questioned any of the so-called science were removed or blocked as misinformation, including opinions, which people cannot be misinformation because they're opinions. Opinions are not facts. And I don't believe you can be held responsible for whether or not other people can tell the difference. Since no one actually had correct facts, because no one actually knew what was going on at the time, that is a really very telling pattern of behavior coming from these social media platforms. Controlling information is literally the first step on the path to totalitarianism. And honestly, we should not stand for that. Then... There were the horrendous riots and terrible news stories coming across our news feeds. And again, we were shown what they wanted us to see and nothing more. There were blackouts and boycotts all over social media. Every social media platform had them. And you could watch the lemmings fall one after the other. I'm not making any judgments about what actually happened in those years, nor should you, because we are not living then anymore. And today we have more information than we did then. My comments today are specifically related to general social media, and its effect on our culture and on our businesses. The outrage at the time, though, spread like fire through social media. One reason for that 
was that there was a lack of factual evidence being shared and a lag time, if you will, between what people thought was going on and then what we learned was actually going on. And so in that lag time, all you got was emotion. And emotion will hijack reason every single time. What these things showed us was that if you don't say the right thing in the right way at the right time, your account could be frozen, it could be blocked, it could be canceled, you might be trolled or publicly vilified, and no one wants that. Of course, it's not a problem unless this is your livelihood, unless you're using social media as part of your business strategy. So don't step out of line. Don't disagree. Stay in your lane. It basically turned all social media platforms from a public square, which they could have been, into the blue bubble echo chambers that we see today. That brings me to skill number two. Skill number two is how to virtue signal. Virtue signaling is an important skill on social media if you don't want to get canceled. Here's how to do it effectively. Say something completely inflammatory, but make sure that it requires no commitment or action by you to make it happen. We see these still. I saw a few of them recently over the 4th of July. That seems to be popular time of year. One in particular was from Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Ice cream, for God's sake. So here is what they tweeted out. Maybe you heard about it. The tweet said, the United States was founded on stolen indigenous land. This 4th of July, let's commit to returning it. Okay, so my question for Ben and Jerry's. Are you going to give back all the land that you own personally and as a business? I'm not hearing about that. Are you? So when they say let's commit to returning it, it's com- it's completely ridiculous. It means nothing. All it does is piss people off. And I believe that that tweet cost Ben and Cherries a couple of billion dollars over the next few days because of course there was a boycott. Or Uh, A couple of years ago, one of the Facebook ad coaches that I followed convinced about half of Instagram seemed like to stop running Facebook ads for a week because of some horrific story on the news. And all that did was cripple those businesses and set them back six months. One week set you back six months. And it didn't change anything for the people involved that they were so outraged for. How is that helpful? All right. So let's talk about our skill number three because this is related, right? So if skill number two is how to virtue signal, skill number three is how to play small. And the first two skills set the scenes for playing small. 
They actually are necessary in order to play small because they put invisible limits on your messaging. It can show up in behavior and choices that you make about where you put your time and effort, right? Wasting time on unimportant things like pretty pictures, and I can't tell you how many times I've disappeared down a Canva rabbit hole to find the perfect image, or using a bunch of extra words to be sure that we are politically correct to make people feel quote unquote safe only to realize that all those words only make your message very muddled and unclear. Creating posts on social media instead of making real connections with people. All of those things are playing small. The fact is social media platforms are the most unsafe places in society no matter what words you use. And I would say if you are self-censoring on social media, it means that you feel unsafe. Social media, by its nature, is really an army of trolls. There is courage in anonymity. People feel like they have the right to come after you because you put yourself out there. If you don't get a thick skin really quickly, your intentions around using social media can get flipped. But no matter how good your intentions are, you cannot take responsibility for what anyone else feels or thinks about what you say. Let me say that again. No matter how good your intentions are, you cannot take responsibility, nor should you, for what anyone else feels or thinks about what you say. This is coming from a trauma-informed space. In trauma-informed coaching, I teach self-responsibility, radical self-responsibility. You can't keep others safe. You can only take responsibility for yourself. In real life, and online. So how do you counteract this new subconscious programming that is coming at you from social media? The first thing is to find an awareness that it's happening. So congratulations, now you know. And then you grow a backbone and establish a strong personal and professional boundaries around what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, and how you're going to engage with this tool. And lastly, we start to create some meaningful connections with yourself and others in real life. Whether that's with coaches, whether that's with colleagues, whether that's with friends or family, those are the anchors of true success, really, in everything, personally and professionally. Those are your anchors. It's not social media. Those three things, awareness, boundaries, and connection are the ABCs of resilience, by the way, and they can be applied personally and professionally, and they should be. They're actually the center point 
of everything regarding connection and trauma-informed coaching and all of the things that I teach. So I want you to take a minute and think about what was the last thing you learned from your social media feed that had any value. Mostly, I learn stuff that I don't want to do. I follow a lot of trainers and instructors, and every once in a while, they share some sequence that I haven't seen before. But I rarely use them because people on IG make things look easy, and a lot of those pictures are staged. I have some experience in videography, and you know what? You can make anybody look like anything these days. And now with the AI, it's even worse. There may be a place for social media. Probably there is. I use it to vet people and businesses. Maybe you do too. If you hear about someone, you can look them up. It can be a decent website substitute. Of course, many small businesses use Facebook pages as their website for contact, and that's great because it's a free service. We just want to remember that when something like that is free, we are what they are selling. Social media is definitely a digital business card, and it can amplify your reach to larger audience, maybe. It's also a place where you might be able to build some quote-unquote no-like-and-trust value around your business, right? But that trust is a fragile thing because I don't know actually anyone who hasn't had their social media account hacked at one time or another, even if they don't know that it's been hacked. And there's no direct correlation between the number of followers that you have and the number of customers that you get. I have a pretty small following and I'll share that I have restricted or blocked about half of them and I feel fine about it because, because of the risk of being hacked and because I have been hacked in the past, I try to be very conscious about how much of my precious time and effort that I put into my posts. So I have some tricks that I use to keep that time very limited. I back up all of my content these days, all of my precious intellectual property, and you should too, because it's a real gut punch when that stuff gets stolen or wiped out. And even if that were to happen, you still have it. It's still yours. I teach and coach real people in the real world. And if you're one of those people, I want to work with you. I want my clients to be involved in and make a difference in their communities in tangible ways. And self-censorship, virtue signaling, and playing small are not going to get you there. What is going to get you there? Getting some real clarity about who you are and what you bring to the world through your dream business and finding the courage to show up every day as who you really are, no matter what. And if you need help with that or social media boundaries or batching content or any of the other solo business mindset issues that might be keeping you up at night, go to savagegracecoaching.com forward slash clarity 
and book a call with me to get started. And speaking of social, if you'd like to connect, check out my Savage Grace Coaching Facebook page and on Instagram, I'm at Real Savage Grace. And you can look for my new page, The Loft Yoga and Wellness. You'll find links to all of these things and more in the show notes at savagegracecoaching.com forward slash the work in. Thanks everyone. See you next time.